Hello, catfish people. Welcome to the Peter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. I hope you're having a great day, great week, whatever day it is and whatever week it is when uh, you happen to be listening to this. One of the great things about podcasts is uh, you can listen to them at any time. Uh, I have pulled some up that are years old, and uh, if they're done correctly, uh, the information can be timeless and can apply at any time. That's what I try to do with most of my podcasts is uh, keep them a little bit timeless uh, and try not to time stamp them to a specific time. Now, uh, with that said, I'm trying to up the number of podcasts that I'm putting out each week, trying to do one on Monday and Thursday. And uh, so I will probably uh, have some stuff that may be a little more timely, especially if there are some uh, news events, uh, season-specific weather, whatever events going on that are a little more timely. I may have some topics that are kind of, or, you know, maybe time-stamped a little bit. But I'm trying to keep it fairly uh, generic in some of, some of the stuff that we've talked about. If you guys are new to the podcast, uh, I'm Dieter Melhorn, and I like to fish. Fish a lot for catfish, stripers, crappie, and then uh, some saltwater inshore stuff. So uh, the uh, podcast, a lot of it is catfishing oriented, but a lot of it kind of gets into fishing in general because, quite honestly, catfish kind of follow some of the same trends and stuff as other fish. So uh, that's kind of... Uh, kind of the gist of what this podcast is about if you're like me i listen to a lot of podcasts and most of them are about fish that i really don't fish for it's really more about the lifestyle than it is the actual species specific stuff so uh species specific i said that in another podcast and just realized how essy that is but uh anyway uh yeah, so hopefully you guys can, depending on what you fish for, um, you can get some good information from this. It kind of goes, covers a wide range of topics. Uh, a lot of the same stuff I talk about on my YouTube channel, Dieter Melhorn Fishing, and, uh, you know, difference being, it's a little more talking, a little more rambling. You don't have to look at it to see what's going on. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. It's great to listen to while you're traveling, driving, working. The bad part is it's hard to tell somebody how to tie a uni knot or how to snell a hook uh, in a podcast. So has some limitations. Uh, we try to understand what those limitations are and stay within them. So uh, if you guys ever have any questions or comments, uh, suggestions, ideas, feedback, go to my website, DieterMelhornFishing.com. There's a contact section there where you can email me or you can message me. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, I've got a fishing page on there, Dieter Millhorn Fishing. And you can message me through there also. Uh, I like to get feedback. Sadly, right now, uh, I don't have a good uh, portal uh, way to get comments directly off of the podcast. Reason being, a lot of you guys listen to a lot of different uh, uh, platforms out there there's you know i'm on google itunes spotify anchor where it's hosted or where this podcast is hosted it's all over the place so um it's kind of hard to get information back but if you go to my website deetermentalwoodfishing.com you can reach out to me there with any questions stuff i love hearing from you i love your feedback even if it's just a message saying hey uh i like the podcast this is totally different uh, I appreciate that because I'm doing something, uh, especially in the catfishing niche, that 
really doesn't exist. Uh, I've said before, Chad Ferguson had a podcast. He was kind of an inspiration uh, for me. I loved his podcast. I loved listening to him. I loved his information that he shared. And uh, But there's really not anything else there. You, listen, you can go out there and find tons of bass fishing stuff, fly fishing podcasts all over the place. Um, there's probably podcasts for Arctic char. There's probably more of those than there are catfishing. So... It's a little different. It's a little different specific niche. But I'm, like I said, I'm a little bit broader than that, but that's kind of the, I would say, home base in what I do. And, uh, you know, for a lot of people, especially if you're new to the catfish world or not really immersed in it, uh, most people view it as just a, uh, oh, it's junk fishing or, you know, just chunk some stuff out there and catch them. And for, to be honest, for a lot of people, that's what it is. I mean, it, it can be that. It's a very simple form of fishing which in all honesty any fishing is like that it's just that uh catfish specifically are very resilient widespread voracious apex predators and opportunistic feeders that are in a broad sense fairly easy to catch uh, you don't it's not like trying to go catch a carp uh, a carp is a lot more finicky, uh, narrow food sourced fish to catch. Uh, it, it's very, very hard to catch those those fish, comparatively speaking, to a catfish. Uh, same thing if you're fishing for muskie. Uh, a lot harder fish to catch than it is to catch a catfish. So um, it, it's depending on what your level is. But the good thing is, if you're new to fishing, new to the sport, and uh, one, you want to fish that you can, with relative confidence and ease, catch. And two, you can catch something that will get your heart a-pounding and uh, can weigh 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 pounds. You got the right species. Uh, you can fish for it from little bitty small for the kids all the way up to trophy hunting and stalking, highly technical fishing like I do and a lot of my friends do. So it's a, it's a wide-ranging uh fish as far as just what level you want to uh you know what level you want to pursue it so part of my point in saying all that is the reason for today's podcast we're going to talk a little bit about catfish bait it's a common question uh no matter who you are what level you're at fishing the question's going to come up i don't care if you are just bought you a fishing rod at walmart have no clue what to do you're going to say what kind of catfish bait do i need and if I talk to any of my catfish buddies that went out this weekend and, you know, they caught a 60-pounder, you know, it's like there's probably going to be two questions. Uh, were you anchored or drifting? And what bait did it hit? It's, it's, a, it's a common, common question. No matter what level you're at uh, in, in, your, in your fishing life, uh, in, in your fishing journey, uh, bait's always a big, big question. And with catfish, it's even more wide-ranging. And the reason being is that catfish will and have hit a lot of different baits, uh, a lot of different things. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Now, let me just preface all this with saying that I'm going to cover a lot of a lot of ground here. It's going to be everything from I've never went fishing for catfish before to I'm trying to catch a 70-pound flathead or a 70-pound blue. So, And I'm going to kind of show you the difference or try to explain to you the difference 
and all of these different baits and all of these different frames of mind mindsets that you need to have in going into this. When you start out, you're just trying to catch a catfish, just trying to catch one, just trying to catch that old whiskery, you know, sharp fin thing. Um, you can go very, very simple with very traditional fishing baits, uh, baits that will work for a lot of species of fish. Um, obviously, the first one is worms. Worms is the 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 one that. You know, if you're going to ask somebody, you put a worm on the hook. Do you put a worm on, you know, worms are are the most basic fishing bait that there is. Uh, widely available, uh, readily available in a lot of places. You can even buy them at most Walmarts and have a tackle section. Uh, worms will catch catfish, plain and simple. Uh, your best basic bait to start out with. As far as worms go, basically looking at two different types. You're looking at a red worm. Wigglers, whatever you want to call them, they're a smaller worm, and then you're looking at a night crawler. Night crawlers are a lot bigger, uh, a lot bigger, and uh, they, you know, uh, a lot bigger bait presentation. Uh, some of them is, you know, they're as big around as a as a, a pen sometimes. You know, uh, they're thick, they're big. So either one will catch fish. Uh, obviously, the the bigger the bait, hopefully the bigger the fish, and the more sense you're putting out there, uh, and hopefully eliminate some of the smaller fish. So. Uh, nothing wrong, basic entry-level bait, worms. Another one that's going to be readily available at most of your bait stores, if you've got a little bait shop, a little gas station selling stuff, if you're anywhere near a waterway, um, is minnows. Uh, a lot of guys use these to catch crappie. Uh, they usually come in two different sizes. You usually got your, what a lot of people will call, you know, crappie minnows. They're the smaller ones. And then you got a lot of the, the ones that are slightly bigger. A lot of people call them bass minnows. They're not really bass, baby bass. They're actually just a type of minnow that is uh, a little bit bigger. Uh, people generally feel they can catch bass on them, fishing them under bobbers, that kind of thing. Bass may be more likely to hit them. But those will catch catfish too. I do a lot of crappie fishing. I uh, fish a lot of uh, live baits, uh, minnows, and uh, depending on the time of day and where you're fishing, you'll catch a lot of catfish on those minnows. They will work. Uh, now, dealing with minnows, uh, that ups the level of, uh, I guess you would say, work, effort that is involved. You need to have a bait bucket. And then ideally, especially as temperatures get warm in the summertime, if you're out fishing, you need a way to keep them things alive. Uh, quick combination there is cooling the water, preferably with a frozen water bottle or frozen drink bottle that you put in there to cool the water slightly. And then you're going to need some kind of little bubbler, uh, something to keep some oxygen in there. Those fish consume a lot of oxygen. Uh, you put a couple, two, three dozen in a, in a small little bait bucket, and they suck down the air. And uh, pretty high metabolic rate, and they just, they're just they burning stuff up. So the water gets filled with ammonia fairly quickly. Uh, ideally, you need to change some water out, uh, but that gets tough because then you're dealing with... Uh, you know, cooler water, the guys that are really into it, if you're going to try to change water out in a minute bucket, we'll chill it first in another bucket so they're not putting uh, hot water into there. That's a whole nother complicated process that's going to muddle your mind in all of this. Bottom line is, start with worms. Minnows is another easy bait store uh, ticket. Another one you'll see in some of the little bait stores, the little gas stations you'll drive by is crickets. Uh, you can catch a catfish on crickets. I'm not the biggest proponent of using them. You're going to end up catching more bait fish, brim, bluegill, that kind of thing. 
So I would suggest staying away from those. Uh, and after that, most people uh, start thinking they've got a couple of catfish. They've caught some on some worms and they're thinking, what's my next bet here? What, what do I want to get with next? And, you know, the next bait, in my opinion, uh, is you go in two directions here. Here's what happens, folks. You go in two directions. One, you go with the easy bait. Two, you go with the bait that's going to catch better fish, but require a little more work. I'll give you the easy one first. The easy one is go to the grocery store, the grocery store baits. Uh, you know, I think that's probably the next evolution in that uh, for a lot of people in that I want something quick, easy, readily available. That's where chicken livers became very popular. Chicken breasts, chicken thighs. That's where the soap, uh, remedy, uh, the, the soap bait, ivory soap, uh, zoat soap, all these other combos came in. Uh, that is where jello and chicken breasts came together. The grocery store baits. And uh, uh, we've all we've all done it. Uh, listen, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I've used them. As a matter of fact, recently on my YouTube channel, Dieter Mellorn Fishing, I've got a bunch of videos using chicken to catch catfish. And I caught a lot of catfish and some decent catfish doing it. So, it will catch. Uh, it will catch fish. Now, the uh, 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 that's at least on the chicken breast. As far as the chicken gizzards, a little more of a struggle with that. I had a little bit of a struggle, but I'm going to give it another shot uh, because I was coming into a time there around the spawn. I, I, I'm going to dismiss it and say I can still catch fish on that. So you'll see more videos on that topic at some point. Mark my word. I have not done soap though. I draw the line at soap. I, I draw the line at I. I do not see how soap can outproduce protein. Plain and simple. Uh, I just don't see how it's going to do it. Uh, I, I I'm not going that avenue. Chicken livers. I will probably do a video on it. I remember. I'll tell you this. I remember the last time I fished with chicken livers, and I remember the last thing I said, and that was I'll never fish with these things again. So. Lesson uh, number one is don't ever say I'll never do something because I usually end up doing it. So uh, I'm going to end up doing, I don't know what lesson number two is. I said lesson number one, so there should be a number two, shouldn't there? Anyway, I digress. I'm going to end up doing a video with them again um, at some point. I, I'm not a big fan of chicken liver. Uh, it's a pain to deal with. It's a pain to deal with. That 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 right there is enough said. Not that it won't catch fish, not that you can't catch a big fish here and there, but I think it's equal in performance to chicken breast or chicken thigh, so I don't see any reason to deal with the mess and the crap of dealing with the chicken, so or the chicken liver. So that's my take on chicken livers and grocery store stuff. Uh, because honestly, it's like I told people, sometimes you want something that's quick, easy, and ready to go. Matter of fact, I've got probably going to be fishing tomorrow night. Uh, I'm going to do a little expand on my little fishing thing here. I've got some live bait, some good live bait that I'll be using, but also got a chicken breast I'm going to be messing with. So not a chicken breast, chicken thigh. So we'll play around some more with it. So those baits will work when you're in a pinch and don't have it. The other thing that is a, a typically, and this is, I'm basing this on the way I evolved, once I was out there fishing, I was catching, you know, brim bluegill. Now, early on, I didn't realize, hey, I can use this bluegill to catch a catfish. Uh, when I was growing up, we didn't have any big, big catfish. And 
when you catch a bluegill the size of your hand, I remember thinking to myself, a cat, there's no catfish in here big enough to eat that bluegill. Uh, I remember cutting, you know, seeing people cut the head off and they never would catch a catfish with it. But I remember thinking, man, there's no catfish that's going to eat that bluegill head. That thing's huge. You know, I had been catching fish on shrimp, uh, uh, another grocery store bait there. Um, and, you know, now I look at it and I laugh and go, well, one, we've got bigger fish now, but I also know that those fish will eat those baits. My point being is that my progression from my next progression after the worm baits was bluegill, using bluegill. Um, they're fairly easy to catch, readily available. And that was my next evolution, was using those as cut bait, using the heads, using the fillets, that type thing. That's kind of where I evolved next. Now, depending on where you're at, you can't do that. Some places it's illegal to fish for bluegill. Uh, or, I'm sorry, it's illegal to use bluegill as bait, uh, depending on what your laws are. So make sure you check into that. But that, uh, generally speaking, it's a re halfway readily available bait. Now, the downside is you've got to take time to catch them. And... For a lot of people, that's where the pain in the butt comes in is, you know, I've got a few hours to go fishing. I'm going to spend an hour catching bait. That only leaves me an hour to fish. I, it's saying, you know, this is eating up all my time. I just rather sit here and stay at home. Uh, and that's where either one, the frustration of I'm just not going to go comes in, or you end up with a grocery store bait. And that's why I say there's an easy route and a quick route to this. Another route that kind of is in this phase is using some of the manufactured baits uh the sunnies uh the uh, i don't even know all the names of them i've only used them a couple of times uh not a big fan of them uh not so much that they won't catch fish i think they will catch fish and i think they'll catch a lot of fish especially channel cats and smaller fish especially when the water temperatures get above about 75 degrees those pack baits can catch a lot of fish what I don't like is the mess, the stink, and everything else. It's pretty much nasty, but it will catch fish. So that is another option. The problem is that, honestly, to use that stuff correctly and use it well, it's really, honestly, not an entry-level bait to be using. Uh, I think a lot of people get it, uh, probably myself included, when I first used it. And it's not exactly easy to use. Uh, it's not exactly easy to use effectively or cast or anything. And there's a little bit of strategy into where you put it and how you cast it and how you place those baits. And you kind of need to optimize those things to make it work. So I don't recommend that one to the novice, beginner, you know, person, a little more entry level, uh, just wanting to catch some catfish. I, I don't think that's the best one to go with. But that's kind of the baits that get you through your initial beginning phase of fishing. Now, as you get to that next phase, you've caught some catfish, you've gone fishing, maybe you've got your new fishing rod, you've upgraded some line, I'm ready to catch something, I'm ready for a personal best, a PB. I want something bigger. That's when you really start up in the game with, uh, like I was saying, with the bluegill. The bluegill, quick, easy one to use. Creek chubs, carp, uh, some of the other whatever fish is swimming in your waterways. Some places, like it is here in North Carolina, you can use a largemouth bass for bait as long as it meets a length and creel limits of where you're fishing. Uh, the bottom line is, is that catfish eat fish for the majority of their diet. And for large catfish, they're eating some 
live organism is, is the majority of their diet, whether it be mussels or whether it be fish, whether it be big fish. Uh, so when you're trying to up that game to catching bigger fish, going with some type of fish, ideally, that's in the waterway, is your best bet. Uh, it is the best way to do it. Now, some places you can buy bait. Uh, around here, we have places, I say around here, halfway close, that you can buy gizzard chad. There are people that sell gizzard chad. Uh, over in eastern Tennessee, there are people that sell skipjack. Most of the time, it's frozen. Nobody can really keep them alive. Sometimes you get them on ice that were recently caught, but they sell skipjack. Skipjack's a great bait on the uh, Tennessee River Basin. All of those lakes and rivers, uh, it's a... Uh, uh, Fish there that is, uh, you know, predominant through those waterways. Catfish love them. Anglers love them. And uh, it's a great bait. Uh, you get in some other parts of the country, some of the different little uh, sucker fish that are available are widespread. In a lot of places, bullhead. Bullheads are a great flathead bait uh, if you've got them in your Bullheads being a small little catfish. Uh, flatheads love to feed on those things. So when you're getting to that, I'm up in the game, that's where you're going to get into those fish baits. Uh, it's also where the game gets a little bit harder. You just need to be uh, aware of that and have your mindset for it that, uh, you know, uh, anything worth getting, anything worth gaining takes some work. And, you know, granted, you can catch a 50-pound catfish on a night crawler. Uh, it can happen. It has happened. People have caught big, massive fish on chicken breast and everything else. Uh, but the if you're trying to make it a more calculated effort and stack things in your favor, going with those baits, those fish that are in the waterways that you're fishing is a much better formula and strategy for catching bigger catfish. Now, with that said... Is there a best catfish bait? Uh, can we sit here and say, I've got a video on YouTube, best catfish bait. Okay. Uh, take the time to watch that video. You'll see that uh, I talk about a lot of different catfish baits out there, a lot of stuff. And uh, I don't know that there is a, I think there is a best, if, if I in the video, like I said in the video, I picked Gizzard Chat as the best catfish bait. And I know immediately people listening to this going, oh, you're crazy, Melhorn. You don't know what you're talking about. Man, out here we catch them on skipjack. Or here we catch them on bluegill. And I agree. I agree. Same thing here. Wintertime, uh, white perch heads, white perch, whole white perch. It's the way to go here. If I'm going to Tennessee, I'm wanting skipjack. My point in the whole video was that a gizzard chad is so widespread around the catfish's range that if you only had to have one bait, no matter where you were going, you can't go wrong with gizzard shad. Now, does that mean that's going to catch more fish than anything? Absolutely not. Uh, what it does mean is that if you've only got one and you had to pick and I was going to put you in a plane and fly you somewhere, you didn't know where you were going, gizzard shad's a dadgum good bait to have. Uh, it, it, it's one that will catch fish pretty much anywhere you go. Now, my whole point in saying all this is, depending on where you're fishing, there's going to be, uh, it, it's going to vary on what's going to work better. And quite honestly, guys, some of it's going to vary from, you know, day to day. A lot of times, you know, the time of the year 
uh, right now, uh, the taping of this podcast, it's summertime, it's August, and I've been fishing pretty hard, well, fairly hard for the past week, and I've had out, been trying to catch some flatheads. Uh, flatheads are done with their spawn, they're starting to feed again, starting to be a little bit easier to target, and I've been fishing some big baits uh, and mixing it in with some small baits. So far, we've caught a 40, 40, uh, 30-pound flatheads and a 31-pound blue uh, last night. And every one of them has come on a piece of bait the size of your thumb. Very small bait. Not very small, but small bait compared to the uh, full-size perch, full-size crappie that I had out there swimming around or cut up or whatever. So... My point in saying all this is that sometimes of the year, uh, the, the size of the bait and what fish are hitting will vary. So that's something you kind of have to play around with. You're kind of going to learn with time. Uh, you know, if you're in with a good group of guys uh, in your area, you can share that information to get an idea of what's going on. Facebook's a great tool for figuring out kind of what's going on. But the bottom line is there's no uh, – what I want to get through to you in saying all of this about all these different kinds of baits is there's no secret, guys. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I Like all of you, you're going to – especially if you're starting out that in the middle of you're going to try all kinds of stuff, mess around with all kinds of stuff. You're going to find that all different things are going to catch fish, uh, and they'll catch fish at different times, and you know some will work better than others. Uh, you'll find certain times of year stuff works. There's no magic bait. There's uh, I have caught fish, and I've caught good fish. Gizzard Chad, I've caught them on Skipjack, caught them on White Perch, caught them on Striped Bass, uh, caught them on Largemouth Bass, Crappie. They'll all catch fish. Some days, some things are better than others. The bottom line is, if you're trying to get to that middle level and that upper level, you're going to have to start using some type of fish to have predictable results time after time. Now, I say this, and my old buddy Mac Byram, if he happens to listen to podcasts, uh, is going to be shaking his head. He'll probably send me a message and scold me. Matt's one of my mentors. Uh, I've got a video uh, on my YouTube channel called Fishing with Mac, and uh, it's about Mac. you got to go watch it. And you'll get a taste for Mac, and you'll. I'm gonna have him on the podcast here soon, uh, and he'll scold me for saying this. But he's fishing with chicken. He catches. He fishes on Lake Norman in North Carolina. He fishes a lot with chicken breast, and uh, it's ease of operation for him. Uh, he's our senior statesman, and he doesn't want to spend a lot of time out catching bait. And uh, he'll fish with bluegill some because he can catch them right there at his dock. But he'll scold me because he loves chicken catching with chicken. But when I say if you look, if you got any tournament guys that are around fishing near you, uh, if you ever go to a tournament, any of them actually tell you the truth, they're using some type of bait, uh, some type of fish. So my whole takeaway in all this is that if you're going to up the game, try to up the game a little bit, you're going to have to start putting fish in a boat. Now, you can catch those fish in a cast net if it's legal where you're at. Catch them on rod and reel. You can buy them, whatever it takes. But moving your game up to using some type of fish is going to help you catch more fish. The bigger baits catch bigger fish? Well, here's my belief on that. Bigger baits eliminate smaller fish. If you're going out just trying to catch 
trophy fish and you don't want to deal with small fish, yeah, use a big bait. Use something as big as your hand. All right, a two-pound channel cat's not going to drag that off. He has to really struggle to get accidentally hooked on that. Uh, now, you'll not catch as many fish, uh, and that's just the nature of the beast when you're chasing trophy fish. But do they catch more fish? I don't. Do they catch more big fish? I, I, I it's hard to prove that because I have caught so many trophy fish on small baits that were fished side by side with big baits. Did they just, now obviously all things being equal, a bigger bait will put off more scent than a smaller bait. However, I think catfish have enough of a sense of smell that they can smell something the size of your thumb as easy as they can the size of your hand. So I don't know. Did the big bait put off more scent and he just happened to find the small one? Eh, when you're 60 feet apart, I don't think that. Um, I, I just, I think, I think these fish are opportunistic feeders and they will, if they're hungry and they're feeding and they come across an opportunity to eat something fresh and tasty from their waterway, they're going to eat it. And, uh, but I do believe that the bigger baits will eliminate smaller fish. So the only thing you're going to catch is bigger fish. So I think that's a, you know, a good approach to it. Uh, obviously when I go, uh, fishing for, I put out a mix. I just continue to put out a mix, especially in the summertime. Uh, there seems like fish key on a lot of mussels and that kind of stuff in the summer. And they key in on a lot of those smaller baits. Uh, I just don't have real good luck with big, big baits. You can catch fish on them. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I, I seem to catch a lot of fish on the smaller stuff. Now, my po point being is that in the wintertime, I'm fishing a lot of big baits. For whatever reason, especially October, November, December, before it gets really cold in January. I say really cold here in the south. Um, it, it's a good time for bigger baits. And um, I don't know if they're feeding up. I don't know if it has something to do with their stomach contents. I don't know if they're trying to bulk up before winters. All kinds of, you know, theses, you know, uh, on this as to why, but it's what works and what happens. So I just kind of go with it. So uh, that's my take on kind of size of bait. I don't get terribly bent out of shape. I try to put out a mix of them uh, is the bottom line. I just try to put a mix of baits out there. And, you know, in the wintertime when it gets cold, cold, uh, it seems like the smaller baits work better. So I don't know. Uh, I say fish a mix of them when you're out there fishing. And I think that gives you some options. And, uh, if nothing else, it'll keep you entertained while you're trying to catch some fish. So uh, hopefully that gives you some good information on baits. I'm sure I'll do more podcasts on this as we go, talk maybe uh, more bait specific. But uh, hopefully it gives you a little information, something to chew on. Hopefully new anglers will get some uh, confidence in trying some of these things out. And uh, hopefully put some fish in your boat. As always, go to DieterMillhornFishing.com to give me any of your comments. There's a contact section on there uh reach out say hey let me know what you think about the podcast and uh plan to keep these things rolling look forward uh, to seeing you hope to catch you out on the water